Hello and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies, where we talk about the Indian genre films you've never heard of, the ones you can't hear enough about, and the ones you never want to hear about again. My name is Nathaniel Meir and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host who always rides shotgun in the mystery machine. I am Danny. And actually, funny thing is, I was making a terrible impersonation of Shaggy to my daughter today. I'm a great dad. <laughs> and also joining us is the host who was born to be a geek. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I'm on that path, uh, <laughs> I think, pretty pretty quickly. Anyway, I'm Blake. Hello. And we have a special guest this week. Um Sarah from Weird Horizon is joining joining us. Uh, Sarah, thank you very much for coming on the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, no, so uh, tell us a little bit about Weird Horizon. Um, I, got, I listened to a few of the episodes on Spotify. Okay, I'll tell you a little bit. <laughs> so basically, um, I do quite in-depth sort of deep dives into paranormal primarily and esoteric topics. So I've been covering things like poltergeists and ghosts and UFOs and lately I've been covering astrology. So I'm just generally interested in anything sort of paranormal or anything countercultural really. Um, but I'm still quite new. I've not been around for very long and I'm just happy to sort of put myself out there and talk to other people. Um, I, I listened to the, some of the shows on uh, the history of UFO religion. And uh, I think those are your first episodes and they were really cool. Um, and for anybody who's listening to this show, then the stuff that Sarah covers is like right up your alley. It's perfect. <laughs> We're going to be covering, and this is kind of in that wheelhouse, sort of, we're going to be doing cults. Um, a few months back, we talked about, uh, we did that documentary on uh, Heaven's Gate. We talked about that. Where I live in College Station, I see cult-like behavior every <laughs> single day. So um, I, think I'm a, think, I think this should be a fun show. But before we get into our two movies, uh, this week, the let's start with the Oscars. They... Uh, named some of their or they listed all of their nominations for the year actually uh did you all happen to get a chance to glance at them yes uh, as of this moment yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, i had a little glance as well what do you all think uh there's some interesting picks on there best picture is rife with things i've never never heard of really yeah. really oh, oh man yeah. licorice pizza what the fuck it's, is that? Uh, it's uh with H- the girl from Haim and it's a Paul Thomas Anderson film. <laughs> <laughs> Power of the Dog with uh Doctor Who dude. And... Okay. <laughs> sorry, Sarah. Sorry, Sarah. Drive my car. What's drive my car? Uh Japanese, uh, Japanese film. movie. It's uh it's yep. pretty good actually. Um Okay. I know you've seen night well obviously based on the opening you've seen Nightmare <laughs> Alley. <laughs> yeah, obviously the winner of this category. And you've seen Dune? I've seen Dune. But, That's at least one that you're very enthused about. Oh, well, I don't think Dune deserves Best Picture. Oh, no, no. No, not even close. But um, I love Dune. But, <laughs> yeah. <Gosh. laughs> uh, what, what, about, what about you, Sarah? Like the Oscar nominations, what do you think of them? Same as you guys. Like, I feel like I haven't even heard of some of these. Thank you. And then there's some where it's like, I, I've heard of them, but I haven't seen any of these. I feel ridiculously out of touch. Yeah. Like I haven't seen Licorice Pizza and I love Paul Thomas Anderson. I just never went to see it. The the motivation was never there. <laughs> it's because it's called Paul. Licorice Pizza. I honestly <laughs> that might have been something to do with it. <laughs> like, I don't know, it just didn't grab me. But yeah, I I don't know. It was just harsh saying about Dune, like, oh not even. Yeah. What <laughs> about Don't close. Look Up? 
What about Don't Look Up, sir? Did you see Don't Look Up? I did. I really liked it, but okay. I can also see why people hate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought I kind of hated it by the time it was over. <laughs> really? I, I mean, I I liked the I like I thought the acting was like super top notch and great, but um man, I thought that movie c- couldn't get enough of itself. I, I could see that. I felt like it was a really good take on to it was just a terrible take on what news press is and everything. Um I, I I really enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, I was uh, I'm not sure if anybody saw King Richard, but I was very like I was re- I was really enjoying it. And then I was like, oh, I'm doing stuff, so I have to stop this movie. And I never went back to it. So it's not that great. Uh, I thought I like Don't Look Up is a little long, but um, I mean Leonardo DiCaprio has that amazing uh, blow up in it. Like, oh, just, he, he's mm-hmm. spectacular! In it. Like Kate Blanchett's always yeah, she's mm-hmm. always really good. Um, which kind of leads to Nightmare Alley, nah, where yeah. he's really good. Um, and that story, I, we were I know Blake and I, or we were all talking about it last week, and I hadn't seen it. So, like after finishing the show, I watched Nightmare Alley. What you said is so really sad but a really really good movie i saw it in color okay so i know i know you saw the black and white so as soon as it was, it was done i was like man i gotta see this in black and white is the black <laughs> and white available? Me too. Like, no. uh only at alamo draft house as far as i know oh okay yeah. well that sucks they can just <laughs> fuck with your tv settings until i guess i could do that too you're right yeah i could easily do that uh, uh probably not but... the intended viewing option <laughs> and then they have um did you guys see Being the Ricardos? It's not one of the best picture nominees, but uh, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem were uh, both nominated for their roles. Yeah, um, I saw that. Uh, I have not. So you can you can be honest with me. It's really bad, huh? Well, uh, no, I, I I saw that they got nominated. I didn't see the oh, role because okay. well, I saw I was, that it was really bad because I can't see Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball. Oh no, she's amazing. Like the performance. Oh, she really. Great. Yeah, the performance her, is great. I, I know okay. it sounds messed up, but I thought her face looked fucked up. I don't like it. <laughs> I saw a trailer and I was like, I'm not in. So let's um, talk about the best animated short. Really quick. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, there's there's one called uh, Bestia on it. It's about a, um, a, a Chilean Secret Service uh, officer. It's, I think it's in the 80s. And there's no word spoken in it at all. And it's um, stop motion. Oh. Cool. So uh, it looked really cool. And uh, uh, Regina, my wife, um, she was she was watching it because she was really she like likes stop animation she likes Wallace and Gromit and all that so she really wanted to see this and she's watching it I'm kind of watching it out of the corner of my eye and uh, she's like oh that's cool that's cool and then all of a sudden she just goes I don't like the direction this took and she looked she sounded really upset and uh, I looked up and like something crazy was happening she kept on watching it it's only like I don't know twelve minutes by the end she was like that was the worst thing I've ever seen wow. <laughs> And you know she's what? like, whatever about stuff, you know? I was going to say, Regina's usually not that strongly opinionated about things like that. Wow. Yeah, she was like, she sounded like, you know, sometimes you see a movie or a television or whatever, and you're just like, eh, that wasn't all that great. Or, yeah. oh, or, or you might even say, wow, that was really bad. Mm-hmm. But as she was watching it, she was just like, I don't like the turn this took. And she sounded oh, wow. like like she was going to hit something. <laughs> she was like, like personally offended by it. Um, wow. So... <laughs> Uh, another set of, uh, I guess, quote unquote, awards that were nominated this year were the, were the, the Raspberries or the Razzies, which uh, honors the worst movies of the year. <laughs> um, so interesting choice on this, because 
we saw the last duel and we talked about it on here and we talked about how much we loved Ben Affleck. Unironically, we seriously talked about how much we love Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah. He was nominated for Worst Supporting Actor. I Dude. am insulted uh. by that. <laughs> I am insulted by that. But he's so uh, blonde and fancy. <laughs> so what do you all think of the, the worst movies of 2020, uh, according to the Razzies? Should we, should we run down the list real quick? Sure. So Diana, the musical. The Netflix version. <laughs> okay. We have Infinite, which I don't know what that is. I don't know if that is. Uh, Karen. Well, everybody hates Karens these days. Yeah, um, I, I did see that one, and it, it is uh, not so great. Okay, okay. And then Space Jam, A New Legacy, which I love that that's on here. because I up. love that movie. I really what? enjoyed that movie. I really enjoyed that movie. Dude, what? You're the only I, person on the planet, I think. Like, I thought so. I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> serious question. Do you think it was because the original Space Jam, like, I think is universally loved, uh, partially because of how old we were when it came out? Well, right. Do you think maybe it was nostalgia? Like, both ways. Like, like I, I didn't, I could not stand okay. this one. And but a lot of the times I was comparing it to the original. That being said, in a vacuum, it's a horrible movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's called Space Jam: A New Legacy. A new legacy. So it's like I, I left the the things that I think I complained about in that movie were the no Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, we got Michael B. Jordan. Oh, it's, uh, no way! Is he actually yeah, in that? Yeah, he's actually yeah. in it. Yes. Oh my fuck! Uh, and it, it was it's a it's a Looney Tunes thing, and it's it's again it's very self refer, referential. It's very self-aware of its of what it is. Um, <laughs> You're giving this like so much credit. <laughs> I, I, you know, right? It, it's it, the thing is, is like it's a. It knows it's it can't do what a space, the original Space Jam did. They know they couldn't do it, so they umped it up. The thing that I did not like about it, it was the Ready Player One moments, like or the Wreck It Ralph moments, or like, oh, that's that person. Oh, that's that person over there. Oh, that's that person. It's yeah. it, it was too. It was too overwhelming i guess um a lot of things a lot of i think movies need to let that go like if you own a property let's uh let's back up a bit like it's just not like it wasn't really needed but as a children's movie we're a couple of uh you know older gentlemen here and i'm not sure speak for yourself (laughs) i'm almost i as a parent I thought it was it was very enjoyable. You feel older than me, that's for sure. Yeah, that's, I that's know. actually a, a fair, very fair response. I, as yeah. a parent, found it very. Uh, what about <laughs> you, Sarah? Um, no kids, by the way. Saw this. <laughs> I haven't seen the new Space Jam. I am like squarely the right age for the old Space Jam, though. I've never really had the courage to go back and rewatch it because I don't feel like it would stand up at all. Um, mm-hmm. I I don't know if it does, um, but I I just feel like it would kind of rob it of anything that I really liked about it. And yeah, I can't really I can't see making a new Space Jam film that has anything more than just references to the old Space Jam, which is all this seems to be. But then, who's yeah. this film made for? It's <laughs> a great exactly. question. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. It's exactly. There's. I don't think there's. Well, I mean, there's again as going as a parent now. There's things that we're showing our kids. I also have one kid, so when I mean kids, it's like, like you know, the society. You're, out there. you're counting yourself. Yeah, I'm counting <laughs> myself here. Um, and it's really, it, it is just that, like we're just introducing it to a new generation. A lot of these, when we were kids, are now parents. Yeah. Um, we're showing them like the Beauty and the Beast. We have re, like you know, live versions of this now. Like it, we're just dipping into the well. We're just you know, yeah, we're using our nostalgia to 
force feed it onto her kids, just like my dad did it on. Yeah, you want your child to be exactly like you. I get it. Exactly. Uh, Sarah, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, please, God, no. Uh, Sarah, uh, was was Space Jam like uh, as big a thing at the U- in the UK as it was oh, in America? Because yeah. it was it was just massive here. It was just you couldn't get away from it. It was it was a pretty big thing, but I'd say for only like a very narrow reach um just people like my age specifically my age and just like a couple years around it um because I remember it coming out in the cinema when I was really young um but it didn't really have any lasting impact I would say um so when they (laughs) you know when there was talk of another one it was like oh oh yeah that like it really didn't have much yeah like knowledge people didn't really keep that in their memory very well (laughs) so it's just like oh yeah (laughs) so what, what was the worst movie you saw last year Sarah uh matrix oh, oh wow that's yeah. that's that's yeah. a pretty good pick because that's a really uh, good pick uh, i hated it <laughs> i hated it thoroughly i hated every minute of that film and i wanted to escape it after like maybe nine or ten minutes generally i was like okay i could go i could just go i could just get out of here and leave <laughs> so early on as well <laughs> And it's funny, we're talking about Space Jam, like constantly calling back to mm-hmm. previous. And like, that's all this movie, this new Matrix was, was, yeah. hey, do yeah. you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you remember this? Yeah. It's like, actually, I don't, but like, <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> like, maybe it, it seems like it should have happened back in 1999, but uh, <laughs> I'm not quite yeah. sure. Um, on here also, uh, they have a, for worse actress, they have a Megan Fox. And the reason I bring her up is like, I remember back in the day when she was like, you know, the it girl in Hollywood. And then she kind of like went away. But um, she was in a movie last year called um, Till Death. And I thought she was really good in it. I, I actually saw this Midnight in the Switchgrass movie and it's not very good, but she was actually pretty good in it. Um, I mean, nothing great or anything, but I think that Megan Fox, I don't know if you guys remember Jennifer's Body from- Oh yeah, I like Jennifer's Body. Yeah, it was it was, it was all right. Um, I think like th- these kinds of movies, like genre horror films, I think she's really good in. And Midnight in the Switchgrass is like this goofy, hard-boiled detective story. Again, it's not very good. But, like... <laughs> Co-starring Bruce Willis, by the way. Bruce oh. Willis, yeah, who just uh, disappears uh. in it. But, um, <laughs> oh, cool. It's, it's just, uh, Megan Fox, I remember, was like a really big name when I was like, in my mid-20s or something and then yeah. she just kind of went away and then she's starting to come back again so it's it's kind of sad just for worst one of the worst actresses i scroll down on, on on this uh they have a special segment here for uh, a special category well, yeah <laughs> worst, <laughs> worst performance by bruce willis in a bruce willis I'm film that. <laughs> oh my god he's in eight different things he was in eight movies, and i was actually going through those movies. i think i saw like six of them <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> pat what are you doing what? bro <laughs> dude I, I i need content is keen you know? <laughs> i get it <laughs> I, got, yeah. I got reviews i have to write <laughs> you're doing god's work but <laughs> people voice these uh these Bruce Willis movies. <laughs> <laughs> well they call it yeoman's work you're doing the yeoman's work <laughs> Our first uh, journey into cults this week is a documentary. It's from 1994. It's called Children of God. Uh, the documentary is about a family in particular that was trapped in a cult for 18 years, I believe. And now they're no longer in it, and they're discussing the lingering effects of their time in the cult. So uh, I guess my first question to everyone would be, 
before you saw this documentary, have you ever had you ever heard of Children of God or um, the family as they're called now? I personally no. had not. No, I have not. No, no, no me. The the family. I don't think I would. That's the name I would. Because when I think the family, I think Charles Manson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So probably if you're going with a religious cult, not the best name to use. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> So what did you think of the, so nowadays documentaries, uh, like true crime, I'm really referring to, they're filled with, you know, drama and suspense. This was very straightforward. Like, what did you think of the look for this? Now, granted, it is 1994, but uh, it's a lot different than what we see nowadays. There is. Um, I, I thought it was, well, I mean, I don't want to say it was, it wasn't engaging, um, but I thought the the manner in which they presented this story was like, almost like it was meant for like, like a, like a grade school audience. Like, I don't know. It was like, it was, it was strangely made. I thought it was anyway. Oh yeah. So it, do you remember, I don't know if you remember this guys and Sarah, if you guys had TV in your classes, you know, if not welcome to America, um, we had she's, a from the U- she's from the UK, not a third world country. I mean, well, I mean- <laughs> they, they have electricity. <laughs> I don't, electricity. I don't know if they have TVs in their classroom. We, the plugs are just yeah. different. Yeah, just different. <laughs> I, I live in a small town in Texas, so I'm very the fourth biggest one in Texas. Come on, the man. Fourth, big, <laughs> fourth biggest? I don't. I, I don't not population wise, yeah. but size wise. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. Uh, uh, we had channel one. Remember that? Like it was like a, a new. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. sure. It kind of reminded me of that. It just a li- with more chest hair. <laughs> I mean, there was way more boobs in this than you'd ever see. Yeah. <laughs> and like something yeah. actually for kids. But like the, the presentation was, yeah, it was like almost like a, it was meant for as educational purposes, maybe is the best way to put it. Not like entertainment value. No, it's very, and, and I don't mean this in, to bad, in a bad way because it's not like, it's not a fictional tale, but it was very dry not much personality here yeah i agree i agree like i reading some people who had read it they say that it feels quite bland i think it feels quite bland in in comparison to what we're used to really like i said it's very much matter of fact here are the facts kind of let you make up your own mind about it i feel like a lot more like true crime stuff sort of makes up your mind for you i know this isn't strictly speaking true crime but I'm used to sort of there being a more emotional stance being taken by the filmmakers, I would say. Yeah, it was interesting in that it just kind of, like you said, it just presented the facts and kind of, it, it, it told you the story, but it didn't really uh, want to draw you into the story. And see, it definitely didn't want you to make an opinion, to form an opinion. Um, so the flip side of that is there's a, a lot of interviews, especially with the family. These were definitely meant to be more emotionally powerful. Did those work on you? really pissed me off yeah Yeah, okay yeah yeah Yeah, how so though oh it's just at the very end when you you know you've heard the full extent of what they're capable of and it's all like documented Mm -hmm. most of it is you've got footage of it and it's just Mm -hmm. like sidestepping it but sidestepping it like semantically you know we don't agree that you know this material we make is pornographic or whatever Mm -hmm. therefore it isn't Oh, that w- <laughs> yeah that one interview in particular with that one guy man it really it really did kind of put a button on things and make the whole story incredibly frustrating and mm-hmm. and, and yeah infuriating yeah throughout this whole thing it was kind of very interesting to hear the stories of the of the, of the survivors and then we get this guy 
and immediately he starts defending things and I just shut him off. I was, I, I did not want to hear any kind of like protecting whatever it is now when there's obviously, you know, evidence. It was just really, really like shitty. And then it, it, it's just, uh, it just, I don't know. It was just like, it felt, yeah, frustrating, very dirty. And it's just like, no. And it's, it's interesting because his defense amounted to its equivalent to like that game you play when you're a kid, when you put your finger in front of someone's face and you're like, I'm not touching you. Did that bother you? I'm not touching. Because that's basically what his defense was. Like, like Sarah, it, it, it was all semantics. And he's just mm-hmm. very oily, very stinky. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. Like, just not 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 a good look at all. Never uh, fucking oh. trust a guy with that haircut, man. <laughs> so it starts off that this is, it seems like it's just a religious cult. And then over the course of the documentary, and it's a short documentary, it's barely over an hour. Um, and I guess... This is the time when I should say one spoiler warning because it's from 1994, so we're just going to talk about everything. But um, in all fairness, also trigger warning because it's very, very graphic uh, yeah. in regards to like the sexual content in this documentary. So it builds really slowly. It starts talking a little bit about sex. There's some drawings. Then it starts showing. They're talking about it more. Then there's footage. And then it gets to what was happening with children. There's almost a build to it, kind of like almost a narrative build, like in a story. How shocking was it to you when they finally kind of like the apex of it was it starts showing videos of kids? Man, I, I mean, I, I to say it was shocking, I guess is not the right word. I was kind of like, oh, well, of course, of course, this is where we end up with this group of people. Right. It was super unnerving. That's a really interesting reaction, actually, because it is steadily building throughout the duck. So it is kind of a sense of, yeah, what other direction would it have gone? Because these people are clearly freaks. Well, and they do they do a thing which really is, uh, I mean, effective in making you totally skeezed out, which is they they actually show you footage from these videos that are leading up to like the actual criminal shit that's going on. Yeah, and, and so not only do you get to hear about them testimonial wise, you, you kind of get to see it, and it just makes it all the worse. We we were talking earlier, and, we're, and it might be unfair to compare something from 1994 to something in you know 2020, 2021. But um, was this more effective than like the true crime and the documentaries that you see today? Yeah, I think it's a little bit. It is effective being straight to the point type of thing. Um, cause you get all, at least in my, in my case, I get all, I got all like rough, like bothered and like really mad. And other unlike going like, this is what happened. And then what you, you know, like unsolved mysteries type of thing or whatever. I, I felt it. I was really, really like pissed because I, I guess I, I could see like, uh, you know, shit like this happening. And I know it happened, but I, I mean, it, it, like with, uh, I don't want to bring a lot of politics in, in here. And I just, I guess I saw a news article that there was like sex trafficking happening here in our city. And it's just like, and it's just like one of these things that it's so close to that, you know, that build up to like seeing the children, like be, ex- essentially exploiting the children. It really just like, it really like ticked me off. And I, I don't think current, I guess like current the true crime docs or shows or even podcasts, they use it more as a, cliffhanger or something to kind of like get you to hear the next episode or get to the next point their next point and i i i feel like this was more well as i mentioned straight to the point yeah and the thing i mean i know we're kind of picking on true crime 
but it's, they, they have a formula. They're all very derivative. It works. So there's a reason that they do it, but that might be why this one was a little more emotionally impactful. Did it, for you, Sarah, did you find it to be more emotionally impactful than like the true crime of today? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Cause I feel like, like I said, there's a formula to how a lot of people do true crime. Even if there's no like good resolution to what they're talking about, there's some, there's usually some sort of narrative thing that gives you some sort of satisfaction at the end of it. And this just didn't like you get to the end thinking there's going to be something that happens to them, like some sort of justice that's brought against them. And it just isn't where I was left. I, you know, finished the documentary and I was like, okay, have a little read about it, hoping that in, you know, this is from the 90s, hoping that in in the intermediary time that this place had been shut down. But like they still exist. (laughs) Yeah, it still exists out there. And it's just there's no there's nothing good out of it. It's just like these people's lives a whole chunk of it was taken away and there's there's really no positive that you can get from it uh that was a bit jarring for me i was expecting something at the end some sort of some real light i would say yeah Yeah, so what did you all think of the ending because it's very abrupt i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know if you could have ended this any more abruptly (laughs) yeah the ending i mean just for everything for all the reasons sarah just said like the there is no resolution there's kind of just like you're kind of left hanging with this family that you know they they got away but they're they're forever traumatized by it and yeah you don't you don't end up feeling good even you know even though they're out you don't even feel great that they're out you're like man well we're still all screwed (laughs) screwed up from this thing yeah yeah the 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 daughters at least the ones that were interviewed like they blame their mom still um they're having trouble supporting themselves um it's it's pretty rough understandably i mean they were in it some of them their whole lives the mother was in for her entire adult life so it's kind of understandable as to why they're but it's hard to feel empathy also or there's not that like you said satisfactory there's that closure to it all um i will say and i know this isn't a story per se but it did feel really rushed towards the end like they mentioned that the uh the family they were like oh yeah they had scaled back on the uh child pornography and uh they i for, there was something else that they had done they no longer uh lived in the same house or something but they didn't explain anything behind the cults mm-hmm. and i was kind of like one thing that i never got unless i missed it one thing i never got out of it was um how does this cult make money <laughs> no kidding right it, i i always presume like any of these things where they've like somehow shystered people into like basically giving them everything as they come into they come the in. family or whatnot, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, but they're also getting people in Apoculco, so you know. Well, in like Costa Rica, people yeah. don't people don't have any money fucking down there. I mean, they really don't. So I don't know. You can you can make a American dollar stretch a long way in those places, which is exactly why they go, right? Mm-hmm. So. And and that's what I was trying because you know you hear about cults are like yeah they you know I went to work and I had to give them ninety five percent of my paycheck and right. you know or you have to make these ridiculous donations or they have these. Uh, like donation drives that they're or scams like telemarketing scams or whatever but this one they never covered anything financial in regards to it now, it was point. just focused on the one family so mm-hmm. I do I do understand that but um, I know there's a lot of serious things going on in it and the point wasn't how it sustained but I couldn't help but keep asking myself like where's the money coming <laughs> from yeah well yeah because if you cut off that money then you you know you can disarm them pretty easily it would have thought yeah, they, I don't think their uh, reach would be as global if they didn't have the money to it. 
Um, so Children of God, uh, you can watch it on Netflix if you're subscribed to it. Uh, Sarah, I'll start with you. Um, C or no C? Yeah, C, but just be willing to come out of it very depressed. <laughs> uh, Danny, with a C or no C, Children of God. Yeah, I I would also say C, but it it is it does have a lot of like I guess I the, there would be a trigger warning before like watch watching this and watch it don't don't just you know after you watch this like you know go get yourself a nice cold drink and uh, just sigh how terrible the world is. And Blake, children of God, see it. Yeah, I mean, we always need to shine light on the really kind of fucked up shit that's happening in society, and especially if it's still going on. So, yeah, fuck yeah. these people. Watch this thing. Yeah, I would say to see it also. It's different than what you might be used to, but it's it's actually very fascinating. It's on Netflix. Check it out. Our second movie this week, we're going to go fictional. It does involve a religious cult. It takes place in 1905. Uh, Thomas Richardson travels to an island and infiltrates a cult uh, in order to locate and uh, hopefully save his sister. Once he gets there, uh, things kind of go tits up. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, The setting, what did you all think of the setting for this movie? Uh, I thought it was cool. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it it was, uh, I like the kind of secluded kind of setting of like, yeah, there's, you kind of got to you're kind of trapped in a way and you definitely felt that i liked how it was um like you know it's on an island like you said secluded it's on an island uh really beautiful shots but i liked how it was gray like pretty much throughout mm. the entire time and it wasn't this gray like it was kind of ominous and foreboding type of thing but it just it just had a really cool look to it um some of the scenes take place in complete darkness and that wasn't so great but the overall look of the island i thought was really good and then it added to the feel of um well something's going on here and uh i, I it looked really really good i mean it's a welsh island what more can you ask for mm-hmm. yeah oh, the um the cults i don't believe they ever named the cults do they or the, even though they don't consider themselves it's a religion do they, do they ever name their religion dirt lady the dirt lady tree cult <laughs> <laughs> the our lady of the dirt that's the uh, church lady. <laughs> I love that band. It's like a Bible, isn't there, at some point? I remember seeing a shot of a Bible, but or something like it, but I didn't read it. (laughs) Not helpful, sorry. (laughs) No, I I, I, I do remember them having, or at least Michael Sheen having a Bible that I was reading out of. And I think they did just throw it into a basket. There is a Bible, and... um, who knows what it was because i didn't get that either <laughs> so so um children of god we just talked about how it's very much psychological i mean it's all about the mental breakdown of um, of a woman and how that affected her this movie a lot less psychological and it leans more towards horror uh, what did you guys think of the decision they made with that Ooh, that's a great question i you know well i i thought it i thought it gave this movie a lot of depth um that normally you know i think these kind of cultish movies can be kind of one note. Um, not that they're usually bad. I'm not saying that, but they, they kind of stick to one thing. So I, I appreciated the fact that they kind of went to a supernatural uh, and very unique supernatural twist to the whole thing. I, I like uh, borderline um, folk horror, right? I, yeah. That's like my new yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I, I, 
I thought it was really cool. Like, and you're right with like cult horror movies, and it's there's nothing wrong with them. But I mean, you get like the sinister masks and the long mm-hmm. black cloaks, which you get a little bit of in this, but not that much. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's very, very, very particular with these movies. Uh, but this movie, it does it a whole lot differently. Like, it starts off, or once you're in the thick of it, you're kind of like, okay, now they're going to talk about how they break people down and why they're choosing to stay on this island and why they're ignoring the king but um no it doesn't really get that deep into it however like to blake's point there is this cool like there's a different feel to it and uh mm-hmm. i really appreciated and enjoyed it what did you guys think of the the pacing for the way i mean it jumps right into it and uh then it kind of kind of slows down but then it, there's a lot of fast-paced moments in it so uh and it is pr- kind of a long movie it's two hours so um what did you all think of how it was paced I I liked how it just from the get go just started in being crazy. To be honest, <laughs> like as soon as he is traveling to this island, you don't get like in a fair amount of folk horror like this slow sort of creep up. That place is creepy from the beginning, and I really really liked that because I'm sick of seeing what feels like the same build up over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you can tell it it was directed by like an action director who's just like we'll get to the most interesting part of this story straight away so I really liked it because it just I was worried it was just going to be another like cult folk folk horror you know yeah this one it's like the opening line is like okay they want to ransom and you're gonna go trick them (laughs) yeah that here here's this is the plot here you go I I really enjoyed this whole like just like what just to echo what uh, Sarah said is like it went straight to the plot it did slow down but I think appreciated that a lot because it it uh, I don't know like what, what's a bit it, it, like you get a good stew going with it you just get a lot it gets crazier and crazier and uh, it, it just it it was just good it was very very satisfying I guess throughout this throughout throughout this most throughout this movie it, yeah it was weird it was like <clears throat> I definitely felt like it was a long movie mm-hmm. but to like to kind of the same thing you guys are saying like the pace was really good but the reason it felt long to me is because i was so tense kind of through the whole <laughs> yes you know what i mean like I, I didn't i wasn't like oh my god will this movie get on with itself it was kind of like please movie get on with this get, yourself, let's, because let's go let's this keep is on uncomfortable going. For this me. Is very uncomfortable there was a there is a there's this part in the movie that i was like oh that is a new way to uh kill somebody and I do not want to spoil that because I do feel it is a great thing to like yeah. anticipate. And, oh, Danny uh, wants to kill people from here on out. <laughs> and, and to Danny's point, spoiler warning, this just came out in 2018. So we'll discuss things that happen in it, but we won't ruin anybody's enjoyment of this movie. Uh, and yeah, you're right. So <laughs> getting into some of how, how effective do you think the use of gore was in this? Because there's not a lot of it, but uh, <laughs> there's some pretty crazy parts in this movie. It, yeah, it was intense. The, uh, the, the, the gore. Yeah, because it wasn't throughout, you know, it kind of came in bursts and spurts. No, no pun intended. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, I thought they were all real brutal and like visceral, you know, kills and stuff. And yeah, I, I thought it. I thought again, it kind of added to the tension because when you when something when the bad thing was going to happen to somebody, you knew it was going to be real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's effective, and we've talked about this on here before. Like, if you don't overdo things when it does happen, it's 
a lot more effective. It means a lot more. And this movie is a great example of it because uh, I'm assuming Danny and I are thinking about the same part, but the part that Danny, I think, is referring to, it's pretty wild. And when you see it, <laughs> you're, you you know what's going to happen. Uh, well, as, as it's building and building to it, you realize what's going to happen. Yeah. And then they don't really show it. And then they just show the aftermath of it. Yeah. And- you know what? I really like that about this movie. Like, it alluded to a lot of the, the, the deaths. I appreciated that because, I, like... This movie was not nice to its character. No, not no. So, well, <laughs> you, you mentioned earlier that uh, the movie, it starts fast when we were talking about that, and then it slows down a little bit, which it does, but um, it slows down, I think, because there are a good amount of characters in this, and mm-hmm. uh, it's during this slower portion that it's introducing all the characters. So what did you think of the characters in this? Because I am, there's a good amount. There's not too many of them. I thought the characters were very well developed, and uh, I enjoyed spending time with them. <laughs> I feel like there's some of the characters where like they came on screen and you're like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. Right, right. <laughs> you just you're too nice. You're too nice for this world that you're in. I can't remember any of the characters' names because I'm terrible at remembering any character names, but um they yeah, they did it very well. I think they they keep the cast of like meaningful char- characters fairly small, which mm-hmm. means like a lot of the rest of the village, they're kind of interchangeable. But that really works because later down the line where there's like quite a lot of effort to sort of depersonalize them, a lot of them do just feel sort of like spectators to a lot of it. So it worked really well for me. I think they built that up very, very cleverly and it really paid off. Yeah, there's a really nice development in the characters. Um, One thing that I wasn't too big of a fan of is, so there's, uh, I guess, a trifecta that started the island. Not I guess, there's three men who started the island. And uh, in the third act, when things are really getting heavy, one of the characters kind of turns, not, not at the beginning of the third act, kind of turns on his friends. I thought it was kind of, it kind of came out of nowhere. And that was, it wasn't disappointing. It was in the act of a lot of stuff that was going on, but it was kind of like, well, what was the build to this? <laughs> Just kind of Yeah. Happens. I, I like to reference uh, Far Cry Three. Uh, we have as really you, as cool... you do as you do. Yeah, yeah. I you know you have this really cool villain, uh, and then he gets killed off. This doesn't happen in the movie, and then you're left to like, oh, what what now? Like I got to the best part, and then you just have like you know another six hours to go in this game. I felt this a little bit of the same way, but I don't know. I felt kind of there was some there the characters were being challenged, and I guess that's very appreciative in this kind in this in the story um but i don't know like i felt like i was like oh okay well okay okay let's go let's go with it yeah i i mean i i like the characters i I thought they all had pretty good motivations but um i'm a pretty big michael sheen fan like i i really like that guy he's 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 awesome and and i felt like a little bit robbed of more michael (laughs) sheen screen time to be honest with you because he was he was a cool character that they really didn't develop I didn't think enough. I thought he was. In, I thought he was interesting, and they they do some of the flashbacks that that kind of build on what you what you're what you're getting now. But yeah, I, th- that's really my only complaint. Like it was that I wish we would have had a little bit more of like the hierarchy within within the cult. Um, yeah. Just to, just to give us a little bit more clarity as to exactly what was happening, because I did think like acting aside everything, I did think the story got a little eh, confusing. Yeah, I would agree with like what you mentioned about the the structure of the cult. 
um, I think would have been really would would have been really cool. Um, yeah. So what Sarah was saying earlier, if you go too much into that, then it becomes a little too derivative and right. possibly too boring because it's 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 a fairly long movie. But yeah. Uh, all they needed was just a little sprinkle of like, <laughs> you know, I'm number one, you're number two, and you're number three. Like I kind of would have been cool with that. How'd you hurt your leg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're already limping when you meet her. You know? uh, uh, so what did you think of the ending? Oh, I had to go back and rewatch the ending because it it lost me a little bit, I have to admit, like the very ending, because it feels like it feels like it's coming to an end like four or five times. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> That's <actually> true. Slow. <laughs> and like, I, I don't know how to really talk about it without spoiling it, in all honesty, the very ending. Because it does go down some really weird turns, like really does lean into the supernatural side of it. So I don't really know how to talk about it without spoiling it. It, it. Yeah, it's a pretty, there's no way you can get too much into the ending without like ruining anybody's fun of it. Um, mm. But I, I I will say that I, I I was cool with the ending, like like the final, final shot. And you're right, there's a lot of like, I guess, false endings. But uh, the final, final ending, I was like, I was, I was cool with it. <laughs> I was like, oh, it, it did have a sense of closure to it and a little bit of like, I mean, at least the way I read it was it, there was closure, but it was kind of sad. And what costs? It wasn't even a cost thing. I was thinking more about what the future was. Mm. I, I mean, they don't hint at what it will. I mean, you. I think it's kind of one of those endings where you make what you will of it. Mm. Yeah. And <laughs> at least my future is a very bleak one for me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> From sorry. that, I was thinking, oh, are we just going to, does the cycle start again, basically? Are we basically back to where we won, where square one, um, which is the bleakest ending I think you could come up with, really? Yeah. All for naught. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think like after talking about the um awesome ending of nightmare alley well hinting oh. at it at least so what do you think of this ending which is kind of similar uh it actually is I, I actually thought the same thing um i i liked it um i don't mind a super bleak ending because there is that little bit of hope with you know one of the characters but yeah i i thought it was i thought it was kind of almost perfect you know they they kind of they kind of led you down this kind of mysterious path and they kind of left it open, which I, I I'm not, a, I'm not going to hate on that. I, I'm, I appreciate a good open ending and um, yeah, it kind of, it made me think like you guys are talking, it kind of made me think about like, wow, what is, what is the future of this place? Like, God, I hope nobody else shows up there. Like, Finds it and everything. Yeah. Michael I, Sheen's still going to be there. <laughs> yeah. That's very, very true. I, I, I you know, I, I think I went a different route and I was like, Oh, well, they made it. What do you always want? Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, cool. We, we're 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 happy here, and I don't know. Like, I I I think I took a even though it's a way like a bleak bleak ending. I was, uh, yeah, like just put to, to what Pat said. Yeah, I was cool with it. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Apostle, it, it also is on Netflix. Uh, Sarah, I'll begin with you. C uh, or no C. Oh, definitely see. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. And uh, Blake, see or no see Apostle? Um, yeah, definitely see it. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it's a bit long. Uh, my really only complaint about it, but it, it's it was totally worth watching. And uh, Danny, uh, see or no see Apostle? Not to be compu- confused with The Apostle, because I think there's like seven or eight movies probably called The Apostle. The Apostle, oh, yeah. You know, uh, Blake's computer got scared. I <laughs> definitely... <laughs> 
I would definitely say see it. It don't let the two hour like time frame like scare you too much either. It, it I thought it flew really quick, but it is two hours long, and it's a fucking great movie. Yeah, it, it it does go by, but you do feel it if that makes any sense. But very entertaining movie, uh, very scary movie. It's 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 definitely a good watch. Um, every weekend you can find us here. We're a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network, where they have a whole bunch of horror themed podcasts, including ours. Um, we also have an open review policy. If there's anything that you think we should watch and talk about and ruin everyone's enjoyment of, please let us know. And while you're doing that, writing that angry direct message, whatever, email, whatever, you could uh, reach us over at Instagram at Adventures in Movies. You could also find uh, Nathaniel or Pat, as I like to call him, at Nathan Portaste over on Instagram. You can find me, Danny, on Twitter and Instagram at a default underscore player. And you can find uh, the Folk King himself, Blake, on Twitter at Four Eyed Horror. And Sarah, <laughs> where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter as Weird Horizon, and you can find me also on Instagram as Weird Horizon Podcast. All right. So before we get into what we're up to, Sarah, why don't you tell everybody what's coming new on your podcast? What do you got exciting? And also, I'd like to ask you, what is your current weird paranormal phenomena that you're most intrigued by? Ooh, uh, well, coming up, I'm going to be researching into Men in Black. So I'm very, very interested in that. But something I've been sort of circling around is just more cult stuff in general, to be honest. Um, uh, Yeah, it's something that's just really interests me, but I'm sort of, I don't know. I need to find the right area of approach. A lot of these topics are so massive. Mm -hmm. You you need a little in, you know, you need an angle. I'm trying to find my angle at the moment. We just started you off with two great movies. We did, Um, we did. And so this is (laughs) at least one way to approach it. Awesome. And when's your uh, when's your next episode coming out? When can we look forward to that? I uh, have one out on Friday. So. Oh, yeah. every Friday I am on weekly. Awesome. Great. Good job. Um, and thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so next week, I'm just going to tell you guys what we're going to watch. We're going to watch a movie called The Unhealer and Count Dracula. <laughs> it's going it's to be a little bit erotic, a little bit weird. Tune in. Uh, Count Dracula from 1970 with Christopher Lee and Soledad Miranda. Oh, that's super erotic. Yeah. Um, so you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. We're also on Amazon Music, where they have uh, podcasts, including ours. Or you can go to Morbidly Beautiful. Wherever you listen to us, make sure to give us a rating or just tell us where you listen. Sarah, once again, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And that's your cue. We will talk to you next week. Bring in blood. <laughs> yes. Slayer!